Hi, this is Noortje. And oh, this is Elke. And we're from the Lightyear podcast. And we're trying to take you along our journey of building the most efficient solar electric vehicle, which is pretty exciting, actually. So we want to show you all the ins and outs, but also the stories that you haven't heard yet from the people that you haven't seen and they're not always in the picture. And we're bringing some of our friends, some of the industry people and some of the other tastemakers that actually influence this very exciting field. And we want to take you along. This is Reflections, the Lightyear podcast. All right, today is our first episode and we're starting at the beginning of Lightyear, which means we're going to go back to where it all started and talk about the people that were there. So not surprisingly, we have invited our CEO here, Lex. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for coming. And we'd like to talk with you about not only why you started, but how did it happen? How did it come to your mind? And uh, we really like to pick your brain about that. Um, but before that, we'd like to start with a, with a fun part, uh, the Fast 15. So we'll fire 15 questions, specially designed for you, Lex. Um, are you ready? <laughs> totally ready. <laughs> so what time did you wake up this morning? 8 a.m. Let's say tea or coffee? Uh, coffee. Uh, favorite color? Blue. SpaceX or Tesla? Uh, SpaceX. Number of unread emails in your mailbox? Hundreds. Steve Jobs or Real Gates? Uh, Steve Jobs. What's your guilty pleasure? M&M's. Always in your bag? Um, always power banks. What did you want to become when you were younger? Inventor. Current book you're reading? Um, Sapiens. Your favorite book of all times? Um, there's a great book called uh, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Pizza or pasta? Pasta, definitely. Um, holiday location? Favorite? Uh, the Swiss Alps, definitely. Ferrari or Porsche? That's a tricky one. Porsche. And your overall favorite person? Um, Barack Obama. Okay, thanks. Well, I hope that warms uh, things up because we're going <laughs> to dive in the deep, of course. There was some good brain training. About becoming an inventor, would you say that actually succeeded? Because you kind of invented your own company. Yeah, but I think I didn't realize what, what, um, what it exactly meant to be an inventor. So, um, so I always pictured this Donald Duck figure. It's in the Netherlands, it's called Willy Wortel, but I'm not sure <laughs> why it's called in English. But... Um, where where you, where where you're just in your shed with a lot of nuts and bolts and trying to make something, but the reality is quite different. Yeah, it w um, what makes a difference? That it's uh, it's mostly working with people, uh, uh, being very innovative, and that's um, that's not what they picture in the Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite a bit different than. But actually, how you it's, it. it's a lot better, of course. You can do it together with a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, I I really enjoy it, and and, and it's better than I am pictured, maybe. Good, nice. Well, taking it from there, could you tell us a bit about uh, how you started and, and more important, why you started Lightyear? Yeah, uh, so it was um, when I was young, uh, when I was what, like 12, 13, it was the first time I really read about climate change and that it was a thing. And it always struck me as something that you, uh, that's, that's solvable because it's, uh, you basically, if we can go to the moon, if we, uh, uh, if we can do all kinds of fancy computers and smartphones, why, why can't we just solve climate change? Um, so, and, and for me, a tree kind of already solves the problem, right? So a tree you have at any corner of the street uh, already, uh, well, 
it emits uh, oxygen and it, and it uses CO2. So why can't you just build a technology that can do that, but then a lot better? That was kind of my thinking. Uh, so I, throughout my high school years and then also university, I've kept thinking that it, this is just a solvable problem that I can contribute to. Um, and then when something, together with, with my friend, and we were 22 or something, we realized that at the technology where we were studying, there was a lot of technology to make something uh, really revolutionary, and that's a solar car. Uh, that was kind of the opportunity for me to say like, okay, hey, now this is a very concrete opportunity to do something um, that is worthwhile. And uh, yeah, we, we looked for, for a team and we found 20 people that were willing to quit their studies for a year and, and do this. 3,000 kilometre journey from Darwin to Adelaide. We'll see these futuristic rides powered by nothing but the sun. So our ambitions at the time were uh, were bigger than than all the other students we had in our uh, in our same classroom. So we we had didn't have the feeling that it was a very um, it was very prone to fail, right? Uh, because the chance that we'll be able to raise a million and build a car that has never existed and compete in a challenge we never have been in, that was the chance were very slim. So it cannot be a calculated decision. How did your environment react to this? I mean, your your parents or, or, or the people close to you? I mean, well, I <laughs> so I told my my grandfather, and that uh, uh, he was he smiled and he was like, yeah, that's a nice idea. <laughs> Um, but in the back of his mind, I, I'm, I'm sure he thought like, <laughs> he, he's, he's bullshitting me. Uh, and actually also a year later, I heard that he uh, had zero confidence that it would succeed. And uh, kind of everybody had that feeling that it has zero chance to succeed. Um, and we just knew there was a chance and we took it. Uh, and we're very glad that from the beginning, there were a few people that really helped us. Uh, mentors that that uh, that had been an entrepreneur that had raised money before, and uh, they really helped us push us through this process and helped us realize that uh, uh, it could work. So, so as you mentioned, the team of twenty people uh, that you started with, a, a smaller group of founders. So, so how did this actually work out? What happened? Um, yeah. So with the two of us, so me and Roy, uh, back in the days when, when we were 22, we uh, we had this idea, and what we how we we didn't want to tell people exactly publicly what we we're going to do because we didn't have a team yet. So what we started doing is uh, sending messages to people uh, of which we knew that they were very very talented. Um, with the message, hey, uh, do you have a brief moment to talk? And uh, invited them for one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and then basically we had all of these, uh, we had the whole story ready and we told them. And, and we told about 21 people this story and 20 of them joined. Uh, wow. So it actually was a very great ratio for us. Um, and that bootstrapped the, the team. And then uh, with that team, we participated in the World Solar Challenge. And on Sunday, the most innovative machines will take to the Stewart Highway for the World Solar Challenge. All right, could you maybe take us from the moment that you with this group of 21 people participated in the solar challenge to taking that to a next level and starting a company? Yeah, uh, so when we came back, uh, so we won the World Solar Challenge in 2013, we came back to the Netherlands, we, we went back into our studies. Um, we uh, we were becoming super frustrated that the industry was not seeing this as an as an opportunity. 
that you can actually build solar cars. So, um, and at the same time, the problems around climate change became bigger and bigger. So uh, I think back in the days, we also had the metrics that said like that most of the corals will be gone in like 10 or 20 years because of the, the sea uh, uh, temperature rising. At the same time, uh, there, there won't won't be a North Pole anymore in, in 10 or 20 years. Uh, so, so that sense of urgency really pushed us to see like, okay, if, if the car industry doesn't want it, then let's make it work ourselves. And then you have to look what is our own contribution within that whole, uh, within the scene of things. So are we going to build the whole car? Or are we going to build only components of it? Um, and that thing, thinking took about a year. Uh, and then we decided that this is the way forward and that that's why we're now building Lightyear 1. And how does that translate to, to Lightyear? So for example, the name Lightyear, why does that make sense according to the mission that you're saying? Yeah, the uh, what is super important for us is that we realize that there's just one very big renewable energy source on this planet, and that's the sun. Uh, everything, uh, so also wind and water is of course a renewable energy source, but in terms of energy, there's, there's uh, 10 times more sun on the planet than something else. So we knew the energy source is the sun, and from that you want to drive as many kilometers on the sun. Uh, that was the, our thinking. Um, so translate or, or, or convert the sun's energy into motion as efficient as possible. And the solar car is, is by far the best way to do that. Um, and that's also how we came to the word light year because light year is, uh, is a measure of distance, is nine and a half trillion kilometers. And we hope that, and that's actually the amount of kilometers that, that cars drive at the moment okay. at the, on the planet. Overall? Overall, yeah, okay. so in a year. Okay. Uh, a, that's about nine and a half trillion kilometers. And we want that to happen on the sun uh, in about 2035. That's our That's a mission. lot. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and how do you react to people that, that don't believe that mission? Because we can act like it's normal because we've, we've been here talking about it for a little while and we've been in this company living it. But what do you say to the people that don't believe that? Um. Well, it's, I, I will always say that it's it's always very easy to to see see problems in a in a plan. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's always very easy to see how it's not going to work. Uh, whereas all of your energy and everybody's energy should go to how it is going to work. Um, and uh, there's well, if you look at the trends, there's a very real possibility there uh, that the incentives will work for us, that uh, the 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 economic scale will work, the uh, you can manufacture cars, the technology works. Uh, so, so all the ingredients are there for me. So you can uh, not agree with us that the ingredients are there, uh, but then that's a, uh, that's a matter of research. Do your research. So, so if, if we're looking around at the moment, we're seeing the dawn of this, of this particular category of cars. We see Hyundai actually, who has a, a car with solar panels on the roof. Uh, you see other Asian manufacturers like Toyota actually uh, experimenting with, with, with cars with solar on the roof. Does this already mean that your, your mission is successful? Or, or where does this uh, end? When, when have you achieved uh, the vision that you want to achieve? Well, if every car provides for its own energy, that that's the the point i think we have because then you have uh well the whole mobility sector is self-sufficient and doesn't need uh doesn't need any polluting energy uh, and doesn't need any solar panels at other places because it can uh, uh so basically what it comes down to is is 100 percent renewable automotive sector and, and in your view i mean what is needed to to, to get there is the technology there yet what things do you see ahead in this regard yeah and that, so what we need to 
uh, to get to is that both cars and solar cells need to get much more efficient than they already are. Uh, so, so cars uh, should be about half uh, or should consume about half the energy consumption that they do now. And solar cells will be uh, need to become quite a lot more efficient as well. And if you do this com that combination right, then uh, every car can provide for its own energy. Uh, and what you see happening now is, is a very promising trend that you already see solar cells being integrated into cars, but it solves only a very uh, small part of the problem because the car is still not so efficient and uh, this, the solar cells that are integrated in this, in this vehicle are also not very efficient. So um, it, uh, it helps, but it's definitely not uh, where we want to be yet. It's, so it's it's almost impossible not to, of course, compare Lightyear to this other electric uh, mobility company, uh, Tesla. And of course, the, the, the mission of Elon Musk uh, is to, to convert the world uh, to, to sustainable energy. So in, in your view, just, just also to make the comparison, because, because Elon is really focusing on, on electrifying uh, 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 the, the current uh, generation of cars. But in your vision, this is not going far enough. What I believe is that what you can still add to that is that uh, uh, it should be more scalable than it is at the moment. Uh, because we, we're still in a chicken and egg problem. You see in the countries where there's not many charging points, there's also not many electric cars and vice versa. And to get rid of that chicken and egg problem, you want to be able to build electric cars that don't need the charging infrastructure. And that's the, the, where we want to get to. And he's repeatedly said that he doesn't believe in solar cars. And uh, for, for one, of course, his, as the owner of Solar City, that's an interesting comment. Why do you think he's saying this kind of things when you're actually proved that, that it actually is possible? Uh, I think it's a frame of reference thing on, on one hand. Um, so he started out uh, adding more batteries to cars to provide more range and then also acceleration, etc. Tesla is now building cars that are about two tons and have a high energy consumption. If you then do the back of an envelope calculation for if you can make a solar car out of that, uh, it says no. Um, so from his frame of reference, I can believe that it's not a good idea. But if you start with a whole different car in the first place, then then it's a difference. And at the same time, you see that uh, if you look at the US, um, it, it is by far the best place to, to install chargers at home because everybody has, uh, has a place at home in their garage where they can charge the car. But for a, a lot more places around the world are much denser in terms of um, population. Um, and uh, charging is a much bigger problem in those places. That's a very technical answer, though. But does it do anything with you personally that people say they don't believe in your technique? Um, that's, uh, yeah, some, sometimes it's difficult to believe, but at the same time, um, so if I understand where he is coming from and why he says that, then it's okay for me. But if I don't understand why someone else is saying that, then I would start to dig into, why is Elon saying that? Uh, <laughs> just like stupid, but, but, whatever. But uh, I, I do approach it very rationally, that's true. Okay. So uh, you never come home feeling shitty about something that you read online about yourself or about the company being not true. Well, if, if that distracts you, then I think uh, you will very easily become, um, uh, you get back on the track of what everybody else is doing because... Um, so there's general consensus that something is a good idea and there's the rest of society and also on electric cars. Uh, and once you give in on uh, all the comments that comes from general mass society, then uh, you always get back to the opinion of mass society. So, uh, and then nothing new happens. So uh, the most important thing for me is that you, all, you can always reason back to first principles of why the thing you're doing uh, is something worthwhile doing. So effectively, um, at some point in time, 
you decide just to take on the big car industry, which is not the smallest industry out there and probably also not the easiest industry to enter. And you start out just making a car of which perhaps sort of the biggest icon of the scene at this moment is saying, uh, this is not possible. What's your secret? How do you do this stuff? I mean, uh, it intrigues me. Um, yeah, but it, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not rocket science in a sense that... Uh, and, and, and I'm, um, so for me, uh, it feels that... So car, car companies have been built before. Um, uh, there's great technology out there that is not being leveraged enough. Uh, and that, uh, that combined I'm, made me realize that if the capital can be found because it, there's a market for it, the people can, that actually can help build this company with us together can be found uh, because there's a lots of talented people around the world and combine these two makes uh, such a mission very probable. But uh, one of the prerequisites is that you're always super realistic what you can do yourself and where you need other people for. But it has been it has been quite a journey, of course, and it hasn't been always easy. And sometimes I think, yeah, sometimes you do think, why, why the hell did we start? We won the World Solar Challenge in 2013 with a family car. And that's really important. We fought the family car, and we think the family car is the future. And my team had the choice between this type of Challenger-class vehicle and a solar-powered family car. I'm so glad that we chose that car and showed the world the future of mobility. Effectively, you started two and a half years ago with, with a core team of, of, of five people. And what is the headcount at the moment? Uh, we're about 150. Uh, under 50 people. So, so for US standards, that's probably not the largest growth in the world, but for European standards, that's, that's, that's crazy. And you've been able to contract people from established people from the industry uh, to actually join you, to, to quit their job at Ferrari or at Tesla and actually to, to work with, with Lightyear. Is, yeah. the, is the mission the real magic? Um, it is. I, I, I believe that the mission, well, of course, there's a lot of thinking. So these first, first principles I was talking about, to making sure that the, the thing you're doing is actually uh, works. If you do the calculations, if you that's that's most important. If you if you verify that, uh, then um, uh, and it's something that is well uh, that is possible, um, then the mission is is the most important. I think it. Everybody that works at large here has the has the same mission of getting to that. Uh, that nine and a half trillion solar kilometers, and that um, uh, that helps a lot also in decision making, right? If you if you have a lot of uh, equally minded people, um, well from diverse backgrounds, diverse mindsets, but with the same goal on board, then it's uh, the way forward is is quite easy because every decision will be made on will it eventually get us closer to that goal, that that nine and a half trillion kilometers. Um, but it's great to see that there's a lot of people also coming from the traditional industry. So building Ferraris, like you said, uh, they're also making the switch to, hey, I want to do something that is uh, uh, contributing to this planet. So let's take a moment also to, to switch to the car itself that you're building. What can you tell us about that? The first principle that we're designing with, the main uh, theme of the car is freedom. Um, so it, uh, on one end, that's peace of mind. So we make sure that you drive the most sustainable car on the market. Um, and the second part is that you don't have to worry about charging anymore. So it completely eliminates the uh, range anxiety. Um, and you can rely on just two energy sources that you have anywhere on earth, and that's the sun and ordinary power sockets. 
Um, so that means that this is an electric car, which nobody can say anymore that, that you cannot drive electric cars in their country because you can drive. But, but of course, uh, and I mentioned in the beginning, I'm a, I'm a big petrol head. So, so, I mean, can you describe the driving experience? Because, of, of course, we cannot forget about uh, the driving experience of, of, of a car. I mean... Uh, yeah, it's a, I would say it's the best electric car for road trips. So it would it, it's super comfortable on, on long distances. You have a lot of luggage room. You, uh, uh, you love the interior where there's a lot of uh, nice fabrics. Um, so not, not so much plastics. And there's a lot of uh, small things, practical things. Like we have an additional luggage room underneath the, uh, the floor in the back of the car. You have a lot of luggage room also uh, underneath the dashboard, actually, where normally the, the HVAC power is. Um, and uh, yeah, four-wheel drive. Um, so that means you will also be able to drive at locations where there's not so good road infrastructure. You have got some ground clearance. Um, and of course, charging is uh, one of our core competencies where we, uh, you, we have a 22 kilowatt AC charger on board, and that will uh, uh, make sure that you kind of all the charging points you already have in Europe uh, can be leveraged uh, extremely well, and all of these normal charging points effectively become fast chargers for us. Right. Um, so you can charge with uh, 200 kilometers per hour with these normal charging points you have anywhere, and that's not possible today with auto electric. What is the thing you're currently working on most, Lex? Um, so for me, it has been quite a journey coming from a company of five people to a company of 150 now. When we were at five, the output of us was just the, the contents, right? So we, we had to make a pitch or we had to make yeah. a, a... And now you have... The output is actually the productivity of the company. So there's a whole different... I uh, personally... Well, I'm 150, of course, but I, I have to make sure that, that everybody is as productive as it can be. So it's a much more facilitating role where you look, how can I make sure that uh, everybody has everything they need to get the best out of themselves. Uh, and that, uh, uh, so that requires kind of a rewiring of your brain in, in some sense yeah. to, um, yeah. Is it just as much, much fun as when like two years back being an engineer, doing the calculations yourself, making the pitch tags, and now being responsible for the work that 150 other people are doing? I think it's, it's um, so for me, it's a result that counts. Uh, and uh, if we're, and the work that leads to the result uh, is always fun if you know the results coming uh, for me. So, uh, but at the same time, I think also engineering is 90% of the time is, is not that fun. Uh, <laughs> that's, and, <laughs> that's a lot, 99%. No, it's 90. Oh, but, sorry. <laughs> uh, um, it's just, uh, but, uh, but working with people and making, sh making sure you're getting somewhere and uh, uh, having fun at, fun at work, et cetera. I think those are the most important ingredients uh, and that doesn't really change. Okay, so you, you never feel personally responsible for how the company is doing or how your people are doing? Yeah, super responsible. Oh, you course. do? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's, uh, it is, um, uh, it's always, it's kind of every five minutes of the day you you want to make a plan of how that will best help to make the, the company and therefore the people in the company a success. Hmm. Um, and it's, Continuously, so every day I have about half an hour in my agenda to uh, prioritize my day because I realize that even putting 30 minutes of prioritizing uh, delivers a lot in productivity throughout the day. Uh, so those kind of things uh, make sure that you translate the, that feeling of responsibility to action because uh, it's, it's much worse to be paralyzed by it. 
very rational again. <laughs> so you never go to bed thinking about Lightyear and waking up and first thing on your mind is Lightyear. Well, that's about every day, I think. Oh, but, okay. Not so rational in the end. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most difficult moment so far? Uh, the most difficult moments for me were the moments that uh, that you don't all agree on what is next. Right. So that you you you're looking for uh, for the next step. There's a decision needed, and never, not everybody's aligned. Um, but what I, what kind of things are we talking about? The design of the car, or the the, the business focus, or, or what are we talking about? Um, so, for instance, if you if you look at the design of a car, you uh, you have to design products with a very very uh, uh, clear vision in mind. And if you have 150 people working on the car, uh, it is important that all these 150 people design according to the same same vision. Um, so sometimes we had uh, we had discussions about, should the larger one be perhaps more of an urban car instead of a long range car? Should the larger one uh, have uh, maybe a bit less solar panels and be shorter? So the hardest moments were the moments where, where these things were not aligned and you get discussion and of course you, you um, found the company on the same principles, then in, but then in how you get to the end result, that's where the opinion starts differing. Uh, so it just costs a lot of time and a lot of, um, I think also putting things on paper, making things rational instead of emotional. I think that's the best. Uh, emotions are uh, very often the biggest kind of blocker uh, for progress. Um, because if you, if you have all the data and you have you look at the things, uh, uh, in a rational way, and then you can discuss contents instead of the feelings. Um, and of course, even feelings you can put into numbers, right? So it, whether people like Lightyear, you can put that in numbers. And whether people like certain products, you can put that in numbers. And that uh, that makes it less hard. And if we're, if we're sort of, if we're very sort of generalistic, so what is the biggest thing about building a solar car like Lightyear, or, or what is the most difficult thing uh, you're encountering? There's so much complexity in building a car and the supply chain and uh, building up the market and uh, that. And at the same time, all this complexity needs to be broken down into little pieces so that, so that everybody knows what their what their role and responsibility is. I think that that whole kind of network of people and, and roles and tasks and to translate that in real results and productivity, that's that's a huge challenge for me. Uh, um, and that's also where I think the last few months have, have always also been super important for us to, uh, for us as young founders, because the, the, so the founders of the company are 28, 29, uh, and we work together with a lot more senior people uh, to to see how we can get to that mission, but with the the well the experience that these people bring on actually making it happen, executing. And and how does this mission? Because you, you're saying a couple of things. Because I I believe that the, one of the key reasons for people to join Lightyear is is the emotional element. So effectively, there's a balance between uh, the rational breaking down problems to their essence and the emotional. Because I can imagine that that's the source of energy that, that, that propels you every day, right? Well, how does it work for you in person or? or? Uh, when things get difficult, you, uh, you go back to uh, why, why am I doing this? And what is the, what is the thing you envision? Why, why, why are you getting up so early and, and going to bed so late? And for me, that's always the, uh, uh, it partly goes also back to what I've seen in, in uh, I grew up in Africa, and and um, you're confronted 
just before your own eyes what the impacts of climate change are there because you see countries that are getting wetter but they were already wet you see countries that are getting drier but they're already dry and in these countries where there uh, where there's a lot of drought you see also a lot of people walking around with guns and you know that uh that 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 the water and the, the fertile ground is a door, those areas uh, where there's also people with guns so you see just before your own eyes that that climate change uh, uh, has an immediate effect on how these societies work with each other and therefore also on violence and therefore for wars but also refugees that come to the Netherlands are directly tied to uh, things like climate change so that's for me um, to to help with a problem so big um, that's the yeah the main reason why why I get up a lot here and I think everybody has a different reason but um, uh, I think it will be quite similar to, to other people. Perhaps as a sort of closing thought, I mean, uh, there's, there's many social impact uh, entrepreneurs out there. So what would your recommendation f for them be also to, to keep going at what, what, what they are doing? Um, what, what helped me a lot is to realize that uh, uh, sometimes interests align. So uh, for me, sustainability aligns with uh, uh, with value for customers um, because uh, if you for instance if you look at a solar panel it delivers energy and that is 100 clean so that's that's perfect for sustainability but at the same time it also uh, gives you the opportunity that you don't need to charge anymore uh, with your car and there's a lot of uh, these kind of examples where these two interests align and if you keep looking for them then uh, then you can make a great business out of something that is super sustainable and that's uh, what you should be looking for the ultimate win-win the ultimate win-win yeah All right. Thank you very much for coming, Lex, and sharing the beginning and the why of Lightyear with us. We're really looking forward to maybe seeing you in one of our next podcasts. All right. Looking sweet. Looking forward to that. Let's do that. All right. And thank you very much for tuning in with us, listeners. This was our first episode. We're really looking forward to sharing more with you. Um, please follow us on our socials and tune in on, I think it is Spotify and Apple Music, but I have to look at my, how could you know? What, what the channel? All the platforms. <laughs> All the platforms. And if you have any questions or feedback, please share them with us. Um, this was Nora and this was Alka. Thank you very much for listening. And now this moment that I should tell what, what I had for breakfast, right? <laughs> Is this the pancakes and poffertjes sign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we need to add pancakes or poffertjes. Pancakes or poffertjes. I, I think it's pancakes. <laughs>